This is the Oanda Podcast. Well, this is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast with me, Johnny Hart, where we preview and review all the big business and market news of the day with Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today, unusually for a Wednesday, it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon, Ed. Good afternoon, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Let's start with an interesting story, and that's about Treasury yields, which are certainly surging at the moment. Why is that happening? Well, it looks like we're, we're starting to get a lot more momentum here. There is a lot of tailwinds from that fiscal stimulus that the U.S. has been working on for quite some time. We've had COVID cases uh, starting to uh, trend uh, for over a month now in the right direction. They're going lower. Vaccinations are trending higher. And, and there's this optimism that you're going to start to see Uh, much more support from the Fed, regardless of what happens to inflation. And it's really just spearheading this move higher. It's yields, global bond yields across the board, but specifically treasury yields, they touched the one-year high. And this is a a big move because we saw last night the uh, 10-year treasury yield jump over 10 basis points to over 130. It capped out at 133. And and now we're we're seeing it kind of uh, uh, pull back a little bit. But still, this is a... this is a historic move because what I think the base case for many economists was that we were going to see eventually yields rise, obviously with the reflation trade, but uh, not not so quickly. And I think there was a lot of short-term headaches and, and concerns with virus mutations, and, and none of that has unfolded as of yet in the U.S. And this is what really has fueled that optimism that the economy is starting to click and uh, that we're, we're probably going to have inflation worries a lot sooner. Uh, so so uh, it, it really provided a, a massive move just across all all global bond yields, BTPs, gilts, uh, buns, everything. And, and uh, now you're, you're starting to see that, uh, you know, there's this belief that, well, at what point does this temporary, you know, rise in, in, uh, in yields uh, starts to, you know, dismantle this economic recovery? And I, I think that you're, you're probably going to see um, everyone's going to be focused on what is going to slow that down. And, and it's probably going to be Fed speak. And, and, you know, yesterday we had Esther George uh, and she did not provide any hint that that was happening. She said she's not concerned with the, the rise in yields. And that's when it was, you know, up about seven basis points in the middle of the day. And and I think what you're going to see is uh, everyone's going to look at next week's Fed chair uh, Powell uh, testimony. And uh, he's going to be asked the question because since he's last spoken, the economy seems to be clicking on all cylinders. Retail sales, much better than expected. We're starting to see producer prices start to, to creep higher. Uh, it, overall, uh, in, uh, even you know, looking at industrial production, that came in hotter than expected. Uh, and and uh, business inventories were rising in December. So there's there's all these different stories that you're you're starting to see. Wow, the economy did not weaken much in the fourth quarter. January seems to be better than expected, and we're we're still on the cusp of get about getting a trillion dollars in, in stimulus over a trillion dollars in stimulus in these next few weeks so there's a lot of optimism that this economy could run a lot hotter and that's why interest rates could rise even further so so i think you're going to see everyone wait to see how does powell address this because um if if, if the 10-year yield ra- rallies to 145 or 150 
doesn't take a rocket scientist to to say that you know that is really going to uh, disrupt the uh, amount of uh, easy financial conditions we've seen, and it will kind of uh, take away from this recovery. So so it'll it'll all eyes will be on Fed, Fed Chair Powell next week, and and that's kind of why we're uh, starting to see I think these yields kind of uh, stabilize here, and uh, that's going to be the big theme I think for the next uh, several trading sessions. Ed, somebody once said. A week is a long time in politics. It was a former prime minister, actually, of this country, uh, Harold Wilson. But this does seem to be the case in this environment that we're in at the moment. Maybe not a week is a long time, but certainly a month since Joe Biden took the presidency officially and he was installed in the White House. I mean, you mentioned those numbers earlier on, but they're really a result of the end of the Trump presidency rather than anything to do with Biden. But there is more optimism in the air, more optimism because of the vaccination program and the numbers that you've already mentioned. Although, shouldn't we be a bit cautious about this? You're right to point out that uh, a lot of this rally stemmed from the Trump administration, but it really, it really took off once we got that Georgia Senate runoff race cleared up, and we we saw that wow, we we actually got a blue wave, and uh, I, I think that you're you're going to see that the the prospects of more stimulus remain elevated. Uh, we probably won't get Biden's 1.9 trillion. We'll probably see something closer to 1.3, maybe 1.4. If if, uh, the economy looks even stronger over these next couple of weeks, you can make the argument it'll be 1.1 trillion. Uh, But but I think you're still gonna see that. You're gonna see infrastructure spending done and that will allow the economy to run hotter um, regardless. So I think these uh, rising inflation worries are not going to go away anytime soon. I think you're going to see the Fed will probably have to adopt to yield curve control. And and uh, I think that's going to, the, the Fed wants the yield curve to steepen, but just not as dramatically as it, it has been um, over these last couple of trading days. Uh, so, so you're probably going to see the Fed is, is going to, uh, you know, just maintain their stance. I mean, the, 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 the problem with, uh, you know, what they're, so-called mandate is now, you know, they, they want to also focus on income, uh, you know, narrowing that income diversity gap. And I, I think you're going to see that there is still large parts of the labor market that are not going to bounce back as quickly, even as we see uh, reopenings continue. So so you're going to see them remain accommodative until the labor market is on sound footing. And that's going to take a lot of time. I think there's a lot of economic scarring. There's some stances that the Biden administration that has that's going to be uh, headwinds for lots of oil and gas uh, type of positions. And you're going to probably see that, you know, while you can make the argument that bond purchases uh, will, will likely be scaled back, I think, you know, this near zero interest rate policy is not going to budge anytime soon still, regardless of where we see yields. So I think the Fed is kind of locked in because if they if they uh, change stances, that would really kind of, uh, um, I think you would see uh, a mass massive move in in uh, in treasuries and that would really disrupt financial conditions. And, and right now they want to keep things healthy and uh, it, it seems that uh, easy money is still going to last a lot longer. Uh, but I think you'll, you'll, you'll see that they'll be probably having to make that taper discussion um, at some point in the end of summer. Okay, now since we last spoke, Ed, the uh, digital currency, Bitcoin, rose to a, a new record high of more than $50,000. Quite a moment, actually, I think, in economic uh, history. It's risen about 70-odd percent this year. How's it doing today? Bitcoin is still on fire. I think uh, you can't 
ignore uh, the 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 shift in sentiment. Uh, this you, it, it's getting every week. It seems it gets different endorsements. You know, last week was Tesla and BNY Mellon and Morgan Stanley's investment arm considering cryptos. Uh, this week, uh, you know, we 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 saw that uh, there was a. And a very interesting poll done by Gartner. They're a leading research and advisory company. And what they came back with was uh, after surveying 77 finance executives, that 5% of these executives polled, and, and this is, they were polled in February. They, they said that they are planning on holding Bitcoin as a corporate asset this year. That is big news. Um, I mean, we, we, we've seen everyone's been focused on kind of micro strategy you know they just keep having more debt offerings to to buy more bitcoin um and uh, and everyone knows tesla you know putting roughly seven percent of their cash 1.5 billion into cryptos uh, but but what i think was interesting in this poll if five percent of finance executives are committing to holding bitcoin that means we're probably still going to see uh uh, several announcements where there are companies that are going to come forward and say, we're allocating this amount of millions of dollars towards Bitcoin. And it's that growing corporate American demand for Bitcoin that has kind of spearheaded this latest move. I think the retail frenzy, that's a small part of the equation, but it remains uh, very supportive of Bitcoin, and uh, I think you're 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 seeing that a lot of uh, these uh, traders are you know focused on some of these uh, frothy targets, you know, hundred, hundred forty six thousand, uh, and 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 right now there's still uh, a liquidity crunch that happens because the demand cannot keep up, um, the supply cannot keep up with demand, and and that's really what has kind of uh, sparked this this speculative move higher. And it, it looks like regulatory concerns are still somewhat distant. So it, it's going to take um, uh, a black swan type of event to really kind of unravel this trade. And then right now you're seeing portfolio managers um, are still, you know, enjoying this move. And uh, I, I think that's uh, kind of what's so fascinating. It's that uh, even um, on, on days like today, you know, people are saying Bitcoin's a safe haven. It really isn't. But, you know, on days like today, when you're seeing a little bit of a risk off tone, uh, uh, Bitcoin is just it's it's still having so much relentless demand. And, and that belief is really because of the overall dovish stance central banks have across the world. Um, but eventually, I think when we start to see tightening occur and we've already seen a couple central banks raise rates, if this inflation concerns become uh, intensified by the summer. Uh, that's going to be a headwind for Bitcoin, I think. And and uh, right now there's there's a, a FOMO fe a feeling right now for Bitcoin, but I think that eventually that'll subside. But right now, yeah, it's still it's still uh, one of the biggest momentum trades out there. Indeed. Now I wanted to focus a little bit on the UK for a moment or two, uh, Ed. We had the latest inflation figures out this morning. Prices rising in January. Uh, ahead of expectations, it doesn't sound very much, 0.7% in the 12 months to January, but that's up from December's 0.6%. Consumers paid more for food and uh, household goods. But we've now had a warning um, from some experts that inflation may exceed the Bank of England's 2% target 
by the end of the year. How can they do that just based on a slight uptick in this month's inflation numbers? It seems uh, quite early to make that prediction. Well, I, and, I, and I think you're, you're going <laughs> to probably uh, chuckle here, but uh, I, th I think there's a growing belief that uh, that could, you know, a temporary period above their target could happen by the summer. <laughs> it is is really, I, I think, uh, just a, a reflection of we have to remember the 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 depressed uh, pressure on prices uh, last year during the pandemic, early in the pandemic, you know, we're, 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 we're probably going to see that, uh, you know, even if we didn't have this, this uh, uh, acceleration higher in prices, uh, you know, even if things were kind of slowly improving, um, we would still see a big tick up because of the, 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 of, of how low prices have gotten because of COVID. Um, but I think that you're going to see the consensus still remains that uh, even if we do have a surge in prices, it, it's temporary. It is unlikely to prompt a hawkish turn by the Bank of England. And I think that you're probably going to see that People are going to remain um, uh, optimistic for the UK recovery, um, but uh, I think that pricing pressures, uh, a lot of that's going to be driven by energy. And it seems that uh, we're at a very interesting point with, with crude prices. Uh, um, you know, if we're at the beginning of a super cycle commodity uh, move here, uh, there could be a lot more pressure there. And, and that would kind of, uh, I think, help spear that. Uh, uh, shift in inflation outlook but but for, for for most people i think um there's weakness in the labor market for the uk economy and that's going to um really i think force the the bank of england's hand and uh i think everyone is going to be willing to tar uh, stomach a little bit inflation um uh but uh it's it's widely expected to, to happen as you know the global economic economic recovery happens this summer um, but but yeah, I think uh, you're going to see still it, it's not really going to turn uh, many heads right now. And of course, there are the costs of Brexit as well. We are suffering some problems with uh, supply from uh, Europe uh, because of the bureaucracy and the red tape uh, we've encountered over the last few weeks since uh, the uh, transition ended. Um, so that could be a factor as well. No, very, very much so. I think lost in the in uh, all this COVID focus is uh, Brexit. You know, we're, we're, st we're still trying to um, have things kind of operate uh, on a more normal basis. And uh, it, it is, it is frustrating for the economy because uh, I think that uh, everyone wants to, to have uh, products and, and goods to, to easily be readily available. And uh, there are, there are still some, some uh, headaches uh, with Brexit. And uh, I think that is also, you know, providing, you know, that extra, uh, catalyst there for for pricing pressure. So um, no, I think you're you're spot on with that. But um, but right now it seems, you know, the everyone is comfortable. It seems that uh, inflation could tick higher above the, the BOE's two percent target, and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see though if if we do have runaway inflation, then you know that that could be a game changer. Okay, Ed, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon, and hopefully uh, speak to you again very soon. Thank you, Johnny. Always fun to be on.